Broadcasting in the evening on WCPT 820, Chicago's Progressive Talk, and in the afternoon right here on AM 950, the Progressive Voice of Minnesota. It is the Matt McNeil Show. Dr. Joe Eastman is kind enough to join us. He is our COVID modeling and and, and disease expert, uh, which I guess is kind of a weird thing to be proud of, I guess. Uh, But needless to say, he's kind enough to join us today. He has worked with NASA, the LTER. He's worked with numerous universities. And uh, once again, it's the, the World Health Network is what you're part of. You're you're hanging around with now yeah yeah we're we just accomplished a major achievement and uh, maybe i get some time to uh, expound on that oh well we, we will do this when i say it's literally like you're a disease expert you know that sounds kind of like a sleazy guy in a club you know what i mean you know i just i, I got i don't know how i you know you are you are the, one of the smartest human beings i've ever had the absolute privilege of chatting with and your knowledge of, of, of COVID and other diseases that have affected uh, us. I mean, if people were listening to you, a heck of a lot less people would be dead right now. And I think this is why I'm glad to continually give you the, the, the platform here because you are incredibly smart on this stuff. And thank you very much, as always, for the time. Okay, man. Uh, let me deflate my head here and we'll, we'll proceed. <laughs> but thank you so much. Well, let's I'll, I'll, let's not bury the lead. What 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 is the big accomplishment that uh, you and your colleagues have been working on here? Yeah, um, we finally. You, you remember I I told you about the uh, HICPAC uh, committee that does the hospital uh, the infection control and prevention advisory committee and. Um, we uh, filed a suit uh, several months ago uh, and uh, to the inspector general there at the HHS, and um, we, you know, expressed our concerns because hospitals weren't getting a firm recommendation that was based on science. Um, the CDC just last week finally came back and uh, kind of took them to task, okay. and uh, the, the board is getting reformulated. Um, and they're clearly leaning towards uh, uh, N95 requirements in the hospital and uh, for all visitors and and those kind of recommendations. And uh, it was a it was a grand achievement, I, I think. And uh, it, you know, within the next, I, I would say, at least six months, we will see that uh, policy implicated or implemented in the hospitals. And in the the big deal about that is when the CDC puts out their recommendations. If you don't follow them, you're opening yourself up to litigation. So Mm -hmm. um, it's a, it's a big deal. And uh, um, there's been a lot of uh, developments that I, I finally, for once, I'm a little optimistic uh, that we can uh, start turning the corner corner and uh, relying on sound science to guide us through this pandemic. Uh, I want to kind of we'll, we'll you know take a few steps backwards too for our folks in Chicago. Let's give them a little update on where things have been at. We we you have talked to us before about the fact that this is going to just kind of be the new normal. There's going to be variants of COVID that are just going to be out there that we have to deal with, along with other issues such as the flu, such as respiratory illness and such. Um, we have at winter time, there just seems to be this natural increase. You had been sounding the alarm because this is, you know, we've had some new variants of COVID, which have been proven to be shockingly effective at, at moving around. And so it, we, it kind of give an update on where we're at right now. Yeah. Um, you know, over the, the holidays and such, uh, we, we just experienced our, our second, uh, largest, uh, wave that we've ever had outside of the uh, the first Omicron wave that uh, really, you know, it was uh, about 
twice the magnitude of this, if not more. Um, so now we are, are in the process of seeing the usual decline, but um, and it's all caused by the uh, JN.1.X uh, variants that uh, spawned off the BA286 uh, lineage. And um, so what we're seeing now is a, a, a decline, but now, unlike before, it's not as rapid as it usually uh, or we're used to seeing. And um, there's parts of the country that are now seeing some more uptick as we uh, bottomed out at the end of the month. And uh, I, I, my model is suggesting that we're going to go up to roughly 1.2 million new infections a day again. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it, it's not like this is going to be kind of the... Uh, the new baseline for a while that uh, this variant is so good at immune escape and um, and a lot of other issues that uh, they're causing too that um, we're not out of the woods by any means. Well, and, uh, and if I can if I can imply a little bit on your your medical knowledge here when when it comes to something like that. On one side of you, you would say, well, isn't it more dangerous to have a quick spike? Because that means a lot of people are getting it. It's very infectious. It's going around. And sure, it dies off, but it's more dangerous. Or is it more concerning to have more of a, a, a plateauing might not be the right term, but this rolling hill of a graph because it's it's just it's more determined and more it's more, you know, it, it, it's sticking around a lot more pervasively than it would with the other kind of a, a more direct spike. Which one do you kind of generally, would you prefer to have a quick spike or would you prefer to have the rolling hill? <laughs> In a short answer, neither. But okay. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, and neither does sound pretty good. I mean, I, I live in Minnesota. We're a pretty flat state. I'm okay. With yeah. that. We got a few lakes every once in a while. Uh, but, no, but, uh, but I mean, in, in that kind of realm there, I mean, is there, is there a, is there an alarm or are they both, as you just kind of implied, are they both just equally as bad, just in different ways? That's right. Um, you know, the, the a real sharp peak, you know, obviously puts a lot of stress on hospitals and uh, the healthcare uh, workers who are, by the way, leaving the healthcare field yes. in droves yes. right now, um, unfortunately. And um, they're they're probably one of the best testaments for this whole BS. I call it uh, immunity. Immunity debt is what people call it it is like wait a second shouldn't they be healthy and you look at the the status of uh, healthcare workers and and in some areas fifty uh, percent are are showing long covid symptoms and then we got the this this slow rolling hill which is an integrative effect um by the end of this uh this thing in uh, roughly june around the beginning of june um we're looking at uh probably at least 3 million more people with long COVID. Uh, and that's a, that's a very, I'm being very conservative in that estimate. So, um, you know, in all the medical complications that are, um, arise due to long COVID and, uh, you know, we're starting to see signs of it like, uh, children's, uh, diabetes is, uh, picking up at an incredible rate. Uh, which uh, type one diabetes and uh, the, the diabetic uh, ketoacidosis, and um, they're having trouble with the uh, the blood 
glucose levels and all kinds of things. And uh, it, it strongly correlates to what we've seen with uh, COVID uh, in terms of when the, uh, it's an accumulative effect. And we're just battering our immune system. So when you have this long, long rolling hail, like you say, um, it's not good. It, uh, well, and, and okay, so and, and so we have this here. Now, and just for people at home, Dr. Joe keeps me up to date all the time, and it's great. I do love it. Uh, between between COVID updates and me- and medical updates and Timberwolves updates for the Minnesota Timberwolves, you know it, it's 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 good stuff to stay on top of. You yourself, yeah, one of the things you do is a, a monotonous element, which is you run graphs, you run scenarios, and you basically see where things out. You enter data into a into a model, and then you 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 produce a, a graph that comes off this to try to give us an idea of where things are going. A few days ago, you put out a graph you were very concerned about. But you've kind of pulled it back a little bit. Um, first of all, talk about you know because you always get variants. I mean, we see it all the time with weather forecasts. I mean, that's constant. Uh, you know, you could get a hot day, and all of a sudden right. they start saying it's going to be cooler. That sort of thing. Talk a little bit about the data that you were putting in because you know, and, and we we've been talking a little bit about the COVID flu, respiratory illnesses merging, causing more problems. And you've said that there are some real concerns here that this could end up being a much worse spike later on that we are not used to coming in later. But it seems like some of your newer models have toned it down a little bit. Right, right. And um, that has to do with the, what what this uh, new new variant, the JN1s, are, are doing is they, uh, their immune, natural immunity, they impart after infections, um, is not really resilient to pre-existing variants. So what I had there with that one spike that just really literally freaked me out was um, one of the uh, old variants, uh, HK3 and HV1, started climbing up at an incredible rate. And I went back and uh, did some analysis on the genomic uh, sequences and and such and uh, the wastewater data and uh, kind of dialed that back a little bit in terms of their reinfection rates mm-hmm. to uh, to give us a you know a more optimistic projection um, but it's always subject to change and we all you know one there's some other variants that are coming along like the jn 1.4 is almost caught up in california um, each region of the globe is going to be different and uh, that's one thing i gotta stress and um, if I could, I got to give a shout, shout out to uh, Dr. Michael Herger, who uh, does some incredible modeling work. It's completely different type of modeling than mine. It's more a statistical and uh, mathematical training type of modeling system, whereas mine is a, a fully gridded, get down into the weeds type of model. Um, but our numbers have been converging now for well over a month. Mm-hmm. And uh, that just gives me more uh, confidence in what we're predicting when we see that happen. When you got these more than a million new infections here, um, and once again, this is variant. Some areas of the country are not getting hit as much. Other areas are. I, I talked to you last time before I talked was when I came back from that trip from South Carolina, and I was pretty much the only person wearing a mask in the airport, which was insanity. Uh, it was. Uh, so you, you do see this. What is your timeline i mean if you're with your current models if you're looking at if we're at over a million people with new infections and once again that's not people 
that's going to be a hospitalized infection. They could have, they could be asymptomatic. They could be a lot of different things, but it still is a one point, you know, over a million people, 1.2 million, I think is what you said, uh, over, uh, you know, with new infections. What's your timeline? When does that start coming down from the numbers that you're looking at? Um, I would say probably uh, sometime in uh, April is when we're late, late March, early April, it, it will start coming down. But again, it's going to be a slow, gradual decline, um, not not any kind of sharp drop off to levels that we we've seen uh, like last summer, for instance, when uh, the, uh, the signals in the wastewater data suggested that we were at a really, really bottomed out. And uh, unfortunately, we didn't uh, take advantage of that, that lull, as I call it. So yeah, over over the course of April into into June, uh, we'll see a, a steady decline. And again, I put a caveat on that because who knows what new variant is going to pop up mm-hmm. uh, in the meantime. Well, and since you bring that up, I mean, is there any new variants? Because once again, that's the trick. It's the variants and how lethal the variants are at you know jumping host to host. And how long term they are? Is there any variants that are out there right now that are you're saying okay, we need to pay more attention to this one because it's starting to pop up more? Yeah, I, I'm kind of looking at uh, JN.1.11. Um, uh, I'm seeing an increase in uh, parts of Asia that, um, in terms of the sequences that are downloaded, um, but they're also experienced in Japan, for instance. Uh, HK3 is is climbing up at an incredible rate after after the uh, JN1 declined. So, right. like I say, each part of the globe is different. <laughs> I think I could find Japan on a globe. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's we are we are really operating in two different realms. <laughs> My god, thank god. And once again, this is why I say thank god you're on this because uh I what you're doing the math problems the 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 the, the the modeling you're doing is something that, I mean, is just incredible and, and very impressive. Uh, what I want to do here is we're going to take a break. And when I come back, because you and I need to talk a little bit about um, the, some of the long-term effects here, the long COVID, uh, some scary elements with that. Plus, I'm also going to give you a chance to talk about your Minnesota Timberwolves who beat the <laughs> Dallas last night. We'll talk about that and some more NBA. Uh, Dr. Joe Eastman, our COVID modeling expert, kind enough to join us today. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. We'll take a break. Come on back. It is the Matt McNeil Show on a Thursday. It's the Matt McNeil Show on your Thursday. Uh, Dr. Joe Eastman is kind enough to join us, our uh, COVID modeling and disease specialist. And we should mention to people out there, uh, Dr. Joe, that we will put out the link. You've got a blog out there that's got great news, a newsletter with a lot of great information. We're going to put a link out there. Where can people find that, though? Let's, let's mention that. Yeah, it's uh, josephisman.substack.com. And uh, I, I'm not as frequent as I usually used to be, you know, every couple of days, but Every few days, I'll, I'll give people an update and hopefully a new forecast. So, yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you, Matt. You have talked to, and this is one of the more alarming things I've heard in a long time. We were talking about the long-term consequences of long COVID, and, and we, we just don't know. It's, it's one of those things we're having to have to go through this. And we were talking about the implications to other diseases that 
it seems the COVID's connecting to on the long COVID. Talk a little bit more because, as you know, you kind of mentioned earlier here, there's some new research out there that other diseases are, you know, you know, basically being impacted by COVID and long COVID. That's correct. I mean, cancer rates are on the increase, especially in the younger people. Um, each time you get a new, new reinfection, you're opening yourself up to a, a host of uh, undesirable consequences from from long COVID. And, you know, the, the thing is, we were starting to narrow in more on uh, all the symptoms and ways of describing it. Um, but they are both just COVID, acute and long COVID. Um, but uh, what we've really got to concentrate on, and I suggest this is like a, a major, major effort investment economically. We need probably, uh, they suggested $25 billion last week or so. I, I'm thinking more like $100 billion a year to get some some treatments out for these people. I I sit in chat rooms for hours with uh, people that are we call long haulers, and uh, they all bond together. But boy, when they describe some of the what they got to go through just uh, on a daily basis, uh, what task can I can I get through without wearing myself out for the rest rest of the day? Um, you know, planning things like that. Uh, their relationships suffer. They can't do a a lot of family events and, and things like that. So um, we we need to really focus in on treatments and, of course, naturally uh, just preventive measures in terms of the, the vaccines. And, and there's some things going on with vaccines that we don't have time to get into, but yeah. uh, are, are somewhat frightening to me. You brought up also sent me a story here that it's, uh, I want to make sure we mention the number one death of co- a cause of fatalities by police officers has been COVID. Uh, and how long is that? What's the timeline on that? I mean, it, it's not a surprise first responders sort of thing. Uh, but you know, this is, this is, it's still a stark reminder that we have to be, we have to be careful out there. This, uh, was the, were these numbers basically starting in 2020 coming forward? Yeah. Uh, through 2022, I believe it was. And, uh, yeah. Um, when you think about it, uh, you know, over 300, uh, police officer deaths related to, to COVID in 2022, and that's a heck of a lot more than are, are from shootings and, and things like that. And I got to stress, uh, the last uh, four weeks, we've seen over 2,000 COVID deaths, um, and I think that's an underestimate, by the way, uh, that have occurred, and it, it doesn't seem to be letting up. And uh, the more we expose ourselves and our immune systems to this constant viral pr- pressure, the worse it's going to be to dig ourselves out of this hole. Which is the reminder that we all need is that, for God's sakes, if you're in an airport, wear a mask. We're on a plane, wear a mask. You need to do this. Uh, but once again, getting vaccinated for everything is always the best option, correct? Right, right. I mean, uh, hopefully it will, keep, will help you uh, fight off any infection you might get. You know, it depends on the viral load, of course. But uh, And... and in terms of hospitalization and, and real bad outcomes. Um, the other thing that's a little bit alarming is the FDA is stopping their, uh, the emergency use of, of Paxlovid, and uh, it's, we're going to see a dwindling supply of that type of treatment option during the acute phase of, of COVID. Uh, they're going to recommend it freely for, uh, I, I believe, young adults 
and uh, 17 and under, that type of age group. And uh, you talk about a bad decision. Uh, if there's anything, we should be, be increasing our supplies. But it, it just points out the need for thera- therapeutics that we need to invest in because on my, my estimates, we're looking at uh, at least $10 trillion over the next decade that this is going to cost us economically. So it's uh, in some estimates into the 20s, like our, our GDP will lose it for a year due to dealing with the uh, consequences of COVID. And we need, we need to make sure we understand something that this is one of those things where a lot of these deaths we can prevent. It just is we're at a point now where we're trying to get people to say, hey, you know, wear a mask and get vaccinated. It's like, oh, you know, sure thing. That's so last year. You know, and you're like, OK, you don't seem to understand this is this is not just, you know, repetitive. This is there. There's a there's an urgent need here. So, uh, Dr. Joe Eastman, once again, I'm going to put the link out for your uh, your uh, your blog there and your newsletter so people can get that there uh, quickly here because we only have about a minute or so. Uh, you're, uh, you're, you're a huge Minnesota Timberwolves fan and I'm going to let you go. And now for, for Chicago listeners, I know this is going to be weird, but yeah, apparently the Minnesota Timberwolves are really good this year. And <laughs> we watched it. Uh, Dallas basically sent up, uh, I guess, you know, Greg Abbott and, uh, uh, Paxton to play for him yesterday. And we kind of trounced them pretty badly. Um, you, you, you feeling pretty good about things right now? I, I love Nas Reed. I, I, he's my favorite. Oh, yes, yes. And, you know, that was a perfect example. Of, uh, last night we, we played the Dallas hand-me-downs, I call them. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, to see Edwards kind of have what you'd call an off game, and then everybody else stepped up from Nas, like you say, and bench players, and uh, their, their depth is there. And the key thing is, and knock on wood, their health is there too. And uh, you'll see some upsets because – uh, all the teams are kind of maturing in many ways. Even the the, the bottom team, tier teams in in the NBA are are getting more and more competitive. So uh, to see us not completely crumble here down the stretch is a, a very good sign because. I, for decades, I'm used to that <laughs> happening. Well, we shouldn't give any hope to Detroit. But everyone else, sure, and San Antonio's not that good either. But everyone else, sure, you got a <laughs> chance at it. But not you, Detroit. Not you at all. Uh, Dr. Joe, thank you very much. Appreciate it, as always. I really appreciate the time. Chicago, have a good day. Uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul, hour two up next. 